let's play a game. Just uh, real quick, a disclaimer. Um, you're going to hear two episodes of Mr. James Milholland uh, doing his extra lives. Uh, I'm not exactly even sure what they are. I'm going to put this all together. Uh, it's been difficult for me to do anything um, as far as recording goes. I, I recorded a huge rant uh, where I go into all kinds of video game stuff and then kind of trail off into the Black Lives Matter movement and um, just all the political crap that's going on. And I shouldn't I shouldn't talk about that stuff, but it is prevalent in your face right now. And uh, I had to I had to give my piece on that. If you don't want to listen to political crap after James or maybe yeah, after James's two extra lives, maybe listen to a little bit of what I've got to say, um, because I start off talking a lot about video games and stuff. And then I just kind of trail off into politicalness and if you don't want to hear that crap just as soon as i start talking about black lives matter just turn it off and if you do want to hear about it keep listening see where i stand um i think it's obvious to anyone that listens to this where i do but whatever uh yeah so that's it um be sure to send james a thank you for uh doing this for us and i hope you enjoy his show Welcome, everybody, to the Extra Life Podcast. I am your host, James Milholland, and today we're talking about Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. Uh, Pokemon Red and Blue were released September 28th, 1998 uh, in North America. Fun fact, in Japan, they were released red. They released a red and green version, not a blue version. The blue version came much later, and they were called Pocket Monsters. Uh, Pokemon Yellow came out about a year later October 1st 1999 I swear I must have just missed that release or something because I didn't get that game until oh gosh 2001 2002 at least when I first got Pokemon I got the blue version and my two neighbors next door both brothers I believe I've talked about them in the past they both got the red version now when you get this game um, early, early on in the game, you have to choose a Pokemon. And this choice defines not only your early on gameplay, it defines you as a person. I was a Squirtle Man. 
And my two neighbors next door, one actually chose Bulbasaur and one chose Charmander. So we had all three covered. I had the blue version. They both had the red version. I did a uh, survey earlier on our Discord, and it was the same thing. We were about 50-50 split. Half the people had red, half the people had blue. Now, if you got Pokemon Yellow, you start out with Pikachu, similar to the cartoon show. And you play with Pikachu the entire time. I, You cannot evolve this Pikachu. This Pikachu just gets stronger and stronger, and you play with this Pikachu throughout the game. The story of the game is pretty simple. You are a young boy, and you want to become a Pokemon Master by defeating the Elite Four in the Indigo League. It's a top-down perspective. You move around, um, like, you know, you start off in a village of Pallet Town. You move around similar to, you know, any Final Fantasy game. First thing you do is you go visit your nemesis, Gary, who becomes your number one rival or one of your antagonists in the game. And then you go visit your mentor, Professor Oak. And that's where you get to choose one of those three Pokemon I mentioned earlier, Charmander, Squirtle, or Bulbasaur. You choose one, and then your rival chooses another one. And it's kind of like a paper, rock, scissors at this point. Charmander is fire. Squirtle is water. Bulbasaur is leaf. So you can kind of see like which one's strong against what, what which one is strong against what. Uh, again, if you have Pokemon Yellow, this is where you get Pikachu right off the bat. Pikachu. So again, to go back to gameplay, it's top-down perspective. Um, you move around the map. When you leave the town and you're in high grass or other certain areas, you can fight random Pokemon. In this instance, one Pokemon is attacking you, and then you have your Pokemon. You can have between one and six Pokemon. You throw your Pokemon out, the random Pokemon attacks you, and then it's just turn-based at this point. You select attack, you select what attack you want to do. Each Pokemon has something different, ranging from physical attacks to elemental attacks to other different specific attacks for your Pokemon. These wild Pokemon have the ability to be captured. The way you do this, you battle that Pokemon, you get the Pokemon weak. Once the Pokemon's weak enough, you throw a Pokeball at it, and the Pokeball consumes the Pokemon, and you sit and you pray that you captured the Pokemon. And sometimes you do, Sometimes you don't. If you do capture the Pokemon, it's your Pokemon. You can train it to fight for you, or you can store it away. Because one of the goals of this game is to collect all 151 Pokemon uh, by the end of the game. Now, there are enemy trainers throughout this world. And if you encounter an enemy trainer, uh, they will attack you and or challenge you, and they will have anywhere between one and six Pokemon as well. So it's the same situation. You throw your first Pokemon, they throw their first Pokemon, and you battle. And if you win, you usually get a lot of experience points, and I believe you get some GP or money, and then you move on. Now, this game has a very near and dear space in my heart because it seemed like just everyone played this game. Everyone in my neighborhood either had Pokemon Red or Pokemon Blue. Uh, we had some kids up the street. They had it. And we would all get together and just rock out in my um, my house, basically my, my downstairs area, my basement area. And 
God, we have magazines, strategy guides. The internet was just starting to come around by this point. So we were looking stuff up online, printing stuff out. I had a friend that just loved like drawing pictures of the Pokemon and Pokemon battles. The TV show uh, was now airing in syndication. So we, we'd get the TV show all five days a week. What I would normally do was I'd record it and then I'd put it on and we'd sit there and we'd play our Pokemon. And then from time to time, we'd battle each other, you know, have some fun. But there were a couple instances where my, again, my brother's next door, their older brother, he also played Pokemon. He was, you know, five, six years older than us. He probably a little too old. Probably not. I don't know. I guess I was playing when I was his age. But he organized an actual, like, tournament where he got us all together. He set up a bracket. And we had, like, a tournament that just lasted, God, it felt like all day. And it was super fun. This game's so cool because there's really no right way to play it. There's no wrong way to play it. Again, you had 151 Pokemon, and now there was, I guess there's an evolution process. I should probably back up and talk about the evolution process. A lot of Pokemon that you get start out in like their smaller, weaker form, and as you level them up, uh, they can then at some point begin to evolve to their next step and then evolve again to their final evolution where they can be their strongest type of Pokemon. Uh, all... Most Pokemon, again, they have the three types of evolution. Some only have two. I'm sure there's a few out there that only I can think of. Maybe um, was it not Mime, I think, only has one. There's probably a few others. Gosh, there's up to like 700 and some Pokemon now when this thing's airing in 2020. I don't know. There's probably even more than that. There's I can't even tell you how many games there are now. Uh, I played, again, the blue one. I played the yellow one all the way through. I think I've played the silver one. And I think I own a bunch of other ones, but I haven't gone anywhere near them yet. I just don't have the time or dedication to put into playing anything like this right now. I remember going to school with my strategy guide, my old Game Boy, and I was talking to a kid that sat behind me in English class, and I he was he was playing at the middle of class. I, I wasn't that bold, but you know, I was talking to him, and he was tr- he was working with this Butterfree, this character, this Pokemon Butterfree, and I was like, why do you care about Butterfree? And he had it at a super high level too. And his thought was, and he showed me the strategy guide, that he had a buddy that had a Mewtwo. And if you look really closely at the Mewtwo's uh, statistics, it showed that there was a slight, potential slight weakness to bug Pokemon. So he made it his life's goal to get this Butterfree to the highest level possible so he can take down his friend's Mewtwo. Now, right after the game released... Uh, a card game started to come out. Now this is where I started to kind of phase out of Pokemon and I kind of paused on video games for a while, but I did collect a few of these cards. I did play, we in my, my mom's basement, we did play a little bit of the card game, but again, this was kind of getting into late high school and you know, Pokemon might not have been the coolest game to say you still played as a junior or senior high school and especially the card game. So definitely started to phase out of it a little bit for a while. Plus, I think by this point, you know, I started to have a girlfriend or something like that, which, uh, you know, of course, I regret all of that. I should have just kept playing video games the whole time. No, I'm just kidding. But I think it was, I think, senior year of high school or maybe just after I graduated when I first found Pokemon yellow and i played pokemon yellow I, I remember it being my senior year like summer like all my friends are going moving away to college i had committed to going to a community college nearby so i was lost gosh i don't know 75 percent of my friends in like one month so i had a lot of time on my hands again which was you know for better or for worse and i played pokemon yellow and i remember uh, about a half a year year later that's when i picked up pokemon silver and that's kind of when my pokemon 
career started to end, I would guess. But who knows? Maybe uh, when my boys grow up and become uh, old enough, I can unleash some Pokemon at them, starting off with red and blue, of course. Maybe I'll have one start with red, one start with blue, then I'll start with yellow or something like that, and I'll challenge them. I think that'd be really fun. I think it'd be really cool if actually we could all do that. I don't know if there's a way that, I don't know, like a current Pokemon now, whatever's out now, X and Y or Sun and Moon or sword and shield. Like there's a way we could all battle online or something like that. I think they're really fun for like all of us on the discord to just, you know, all purchase a Pokemon game. Then we all agree like, okay, we're going to have this date, you know, I don't know, June 1st. And you have the whole month of June to build up your Pokemon. We'll set some rules and parameters. And then I don't know, July 1st, we're all going to meet up on the discord and we'll have a big battle or something like that, or a big tournament again, like I had when I was a kid. I now want to change gears a little bit. I want to just talk about some of the Pokemon that I used to use when I was uh, when I was playing this game originally. Again, I, I started out with Squirtle, who evolves into War Turtle, and then ev- evolves into Blastoise. Th- that character, that Pokemon, was always one I had out of my um, you know final six Pokemon. Um, the earlier Pokemon, I don't know, Caterpie, Metapod, then it evolves into Butterfree. Sure, I probably probably used that Pokemon a little bit. I think I actually, I actually, I think. Pokemon, see, the cool thing about Pokemon Red and Blue, and I should should have gone back and talked about this, there are some different Pokemon that exist in Pokemon Blue that don't exist in Pokemon Red and vice versa. And then there's some that are more, would happen, you'd see more in Pokemon Blue than you would in Pokemon Red. So it, it may, you know, it, it makes it so you, yeah, at some point, if you're a real collector, a real, you know, hardcore gamer, you're probably going to have to have both Red and Blue. Um, Weedle, Kakuna, Beedrill. Um, another Pokemon that I used to play, uh, back to the red and blue thing. I guess if you had a, like with my neighbors, one had red, I had blue. We would, we, you can trade Pokemon. Not only can you battle using the little connect cable, which I was thinking about the other day. I don't know where I put that thing. I should probably dig out all my stuff and see if I still even have that connection cable in case I ever, um, meet one of you guys and we want to battle Pokemon, but you can battle through that cable or you can trade Pokemon through that cable. That's how I think early on I was able to get, you know, Charmander and Bulbasaur um, because they, one of, one of my friends would start a game and then trade me that Pokemon right away. So I could start out with all three of them, but that was until I'd already played through the game once or twice. Of course, Pikachu can then evolve into Raichu. Uh, Again, I don't think you can, you cannot evolve Pikachu in Pokemon yellow. Uh, It stays as a Pikachu. You cannot evolve that one. Uh, some other ones that I used to use. Let's see here. Oh, Vulpix. Vulpix was always... That was my fire Pokemon. Since I chose Squirtle, I needed a fire Pokemon, and I'd ch- get Vulpix, who would evolve into Ninetales. I always liked the Pokemon Poliwag, who would evolve into Poliwhirl, who would then be Poliwrath, uh, although it was a water Pokemon, although Poliwrath is also a fighting Pokemon. Uh, I, I remember playing with him a lot, but ultimately, you know, I had Squirtle, so I didn't need another water type. Geodude was another cool Pokemon. I actually, in ceramics class, made a Geodude. I still have it, I think, somewhere, maybe in my garage, uh, who evolves into Graveler. I don't think I used Geodude long enough to get um, to evolve it into Graveler. I didn't play it at that point. Uh, in the Pokemon cartoon show, I remember... Oh, God, what was that guy's name? Not, not Ash Ketchum, but... Um, Brock, I believe. He uses Geodude quite a bit. Let's see here. Some other Pokemon that I use. Where is my guy? Oh, Hit. Um, 
Hitmon Lee, who evolves into Hitmon Chan. He was a fighting Pokemon. I remember I had him in my my final six Pokemon as my my fighter. Eevee started to round out my six Pokemon because Eevee's special because in the in red and blue, Eevee can evolve into a water type, an electric type, or a fire type, either Vaporeon, Jolteon, or Flareon. And I believe I evolved Eevee into Jolteon to be my electric Pokemon. All right, let me see. What other Pokemon? You know, did I say Mimic or Mime earlier? I meant Ditto. Ditto is the... Is there a Mimic or Mime, though? Oh, there is Mr. Mime. I was right. Okay, Mr. Mime, Ditto. I believe those guys, they're unique because they just do the same thing that whatever Pokemon is attacking them is doing. Um, let's see. Genghis Khan was always one I had in my... Uh, poke, in one of my final six or, like, my final ten. Usually, I you know, I'd flip... I'd shuffle some in and out toward the end there. I said Hitmonchan. I never really used Mewtwo or Mew. I mean, I always got him, but by then, like, it was either time to restart and try again, or just, I'd already beaten the game. I definitely played with him enough, but it wasn't during, like, the gameplay. Uh, Dratini, Dragonair, Dragonite, have a dragon flying Pokemon. That was always a good thing to end with. And I think, you know, that's, those are the big Pokemon that were at least, you know, important in, you know, my life. Ooh, Machop, uh, Machoke, and Machamp, another fighting Pokemon that I... I would play with. I'm just looking around here now. There's all so there's there's so many yet now there's like, you know, gosh, five times this that exist and I I'm never gonna know I'm never gonna learn all the other Pokemon. Dig Diglett and Doug Trio, Meowth and Persian, Psyduck, Gold Duck, oh, those are all great. Well, hey, that that pretty much wraps it up for me. I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Extra Life Podcast. If you want to reach me, uh, goodbuddyjames at gmail.com. You can find me at Twitter at jmilholland. Uh, let me know what your favorite Pokemon are. Give me your, you know, your top six or whatever, and or what, what ones you use toward the end of your gameplay. Uh, on the Discord, let's see, people said that they used Mew, Snorlax, Blastoise, Psyduck, just to name a few. Um, yeah, I got that. The The survey's still up. Feel free to fill out the survey. I'd love to, you know, get more responses to see what you think. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Uh, as always, keep it retro. We gotta wrap some Pokemon. You just do the singing. I'll take care of the hard part. Let's get it on. I want to be the best that ever was. To beat all the rest. Yeah, that's my cause. Electro, Diglett, Nidoran, Mankey, Venusaur, Rattata, Fero, Pidgey, King, Jolteon, Dragonite, Gastly, Ponytown, Vaporeon, Polyrath, Butterfree. Catch em, catch em, gotta catch em all. Pokemon! I'll search across the land. Far and wide, release from my hand the power that's inside. Venomoth, Polywag, Nidorino, Golduck, Hypersword, Mimer, Victory Bell, Boltrain, Zero King, Farfetch, Abra, Jigglypuff, Kingler, Rhyhorn, Clefable, Wigglytuff. Catch em, catch em, gotta catch em all, gotta catch em all, Pokemon! Zubat, Primate, Meowth, Onyx, Geodude, Rapidash, Magneton, Snorlax, Gengar, Tangela, Golding, Spinroll, Weezing, Seal, Gyarados, Slowbro! Gotta catch em all, gotta catch em all! Medicaid, Magna Micadabra, Weep the Bell, Ditto, Cluster, Canopy, Centro, Bubbles, Archer, Mander, Golem, Pikachu! At least 150 are more to see. To be a Pokemon monster is my destiny! Alexander, Dodo, Venonat, Mike. 
Macho, Kangaskhan, Hypno, Electabuzz, Flareon, Flash Toys, Polyworld, Adash, Drowsy, Raichu, Nidor Queen, Bellsprout, Stormy! Woo! We're at the halfway point, doing great so far! We? What's all this we stuff? I'm doing all the hard work! Great time's over! Here we go! Metapod, Marowak, Akuna, Clefairy, Dodrio, Seedra, Firebloom, Granny, Nicotone, Tauros, Weedle, Nidoran, Machop, Sheldor, Porygon, Hitmonchan! Gotta catch them all! Gotta catch them all! Pinsir, Coffee, Nutrio, Gold Pet, Star You, Magic Heart, Nine Tails, Atkins, Oma Star, Scyther, Tentacle, Dragonair, Magmar! Whoa, catch your breath, man. Shake out those lips. It's downhill from here. Just 24 more to go. Now it gets tricky, so listen real good. Set Sledge, Hit One Lead, Side Duck, Arcanine, EV, Executor, Kaboom, Top Septos, Tini, Bowlight, Mr. Mind, Cubo, Graveler, Voltorb, Gloom. We're almost home! Gotta catch them all, gotta catch them all! Tentacruel, Aerodactyl, Armanite, Slowpoke, Pigeon, Arbuck. That's all, folks. Catch em, catch em, gotta catch em all. Ooh, gotta catch em all, Pokemon. Catch em, catch em, gotta catch em all. Ooh, gotta catch em all, Pokemon. Catch em, catch em, gotta catch em all. Gotta catch em all, Pokemon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Extra Life Podcast. I am your host, your good buddy James, James Milholland. And today we're going to switch gears a little bit. Um, I'm going to talk about just some retro video game systems that I have owned or really still own and how I acquired them. I apologize for the last podcast. I don't know. Some things are getting kind of weird. It like cut me off in the beginning. There was some music and some stuff that was supposed to play throughout during this is the Final Fantasy podcast. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. My first instincts are like, since I'm doing a lot of Nintendo and Sega games, maybe PlayStation or Xbox is somehow hacked into my computer or Blaine's computer and alter altering stuff. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, is this a conspiracy theory? Am I blowing this out of proportion? I don't know. Does it go all the way to the White House? I don't know. I can't figure it out, but I'm going to you know, keep doing what I'm doing, still trying to edit. I'm sure I'm just kidding, everybody. It's probably on my end somewhere. My I'm, I'm still a very novice, amateur, early bird, newbie um, editor, and I'm probably messing things up somewhere somehow. So I'll keep refining it. Although it does sound great on my end when I listen to it one final time before I send it off to Blaine, but I don't know. Who knows? Without further ado, though, let's get into some retro systems that I have owned. What's it like to play the Nintendo Entertainment System? Entertainment system. Now you're playing with power. Uh, first, we start out with this: the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. That was the first system I played, first system I owned. Uh, it came out in 1986. I have no idea when we got this. I was born 1983, so I was three years old when this thing came out. 
My dad got one at some point. I'm guessing 1987, 1988. The version we had was just the Nintendo Entertainment System, two controllers, and the regular Super Mario Brothers. So no Zapper, no Mario and Duck Hunt, no Rob the Robot, nothing else like that. So I could probably research and see when that edition came out. But that was the first edition that I had. I remember my dad set it up in his basement and, you know, we'd go down there for half hour, maybe at a time. um, And he let me just have at it. And three games I remember playing, my first three games, uh, Super Mario Brothers, Punch-Out. Imagine like a four or five-year-old trying to play Punch-Out. And then Balloon Fight. Those are the three like earliest games I have in my memory. Three just incredible games. Uh, Next system was the original Game Boy, 1989. They said it wasn't humanly possible. All the power and excitement of Nintendo right in the palm of your hand. Introducing Game Boy. It's portable, it's in stereo, and its games are interchangeable. Game Boy comes complete with batteries and the outrageous new game, Tetris. And for head-to-head competition, use Video Link and blow your opponent away. Game Boy, only from Nintendo. Now you're playing with power, portable power. This system, I, again, not entirely sure when I got it. I want to say it was either 1991 or 1992. I'm kind of leaning more toward 91. It was for, it was a Christmas present. I remember distinctly my birthday. My birthday's in October, so a couple months before Christmas. I blew out the candles, and I think my mom or dad asked me what I wished for, and I said a Game Boy. I didn't think anything of it. And then, lo and behold, that Christmas, boom, I open up the Game Boy. And coincidentally, like every kid in my neighborhood also got a Game Boy. So I don't know if there was like a price drop in Game Boy or what was going on, but my neighbors, people I knew down the street from me, my people in my family, my cousins, everyone got a Game Boy on like the exact same day. Two notable games. I mean, there's all, I, I'm, I'm probably one day do a, ret- a retrospective of all the games I've played for each of these systems, but two games that stood out to me right away. Tetris, the game that all Game Boys came with, and then that Mario World game that came out also. Those are the first two games. I got those the same day, Christmas Day, and those are the games I had for weeks. Oh, you know what? Also, Kid Icarus. Kid Icarus. Those are the three games I, I got with the system. And Kid Icarus, I don't know. That wasn't that fun when I was growing up. I since later have picked that up and tried playing that again. Uh, it is a good game. Much better, I think, than the actual NES game, which is uh, rare to say. But yeah, Tetris, Super Mario World, and Kid Icarus. Now, next. 16-bit arcade graphics. You can't do this on Nintendo Genesis. 16-bit sports action. You can't do this on Nintendo Genesis. Joe Montana free, Pat Riley free, Buster Douglas free, Super Monaco GP free, or Collins free. What Nintendo? Buy a 16-bit Genesis system between now and October 31st and get an extra game. My next system, the Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis came out in 1989. I got this system right around 1993. Um, I my neighbors had a Super Nintendo. I had just the regular Nintendo and the Game Boy, so I was ready to move on to that. You know next level of gaming and i decided to go the sega genesis route 
So now was the idea of how do I get it? So I went to my mom and I said, mom, if I save up enough money, I think it was $100 at this point. So it gone through a price drop or two. I asked my mom, like, mom, can I, if I pay for the system, will you pay for all the taxes and stuff? And she's like, absolutely. I was like, cool, cool, cool. And then about, I don't know, two months went by and I realized, you know what? I am just not generating income. Like I, you know, in second grade or third grade, like this is not working out. So what did I do? Did I go out and do chores? Did I knock on neighbors' doors and ask if they needed their lawn mowed or if they needed their leaves raked up? No. I went to my dad and I said, hey, dad, if I pay for half the system, will you pay for the other half? And he said, sure. So that's how I got my Sega Genesis. And I remember we went around to different stores. I was shopping around. I wanted to see what who had the best deal. I went to Costco and they had the Sega Genesis. I think it had two controllers and it came with that duck game, oh, duck shot or something like that. And, you know, I was like, yeah, it's cool. But I guess I, I, had it, I had it in my head that I really wanted Sonic the Hedgehog. So we went to Target and there it was, Sonic the Hedgehog. Two controllers. Both these controllers had like white inlays, I mean like white lettering. This is actually something I found out later on that the controllers with the white lettering had just shorter cords than the ones with the red lettering had much longer cords. I discovered that years later when I was had a friend over and we were playing together. Uh, but yeah, Sega Genesis. I had Sonic the Hedgehog, the original, you know, the one that says not for resale on it. And then I guess I got this shortly before Christmas because I remember Christmas Day I opened up in like 1992 or 93, Paperboy. My dad got me Paperboy. I guess, you know, Mortal Kombat was out and there was this whole thing in the in the news about the ESRB, whatever it is about, you know, games being too violent. So he went to wherever he bought his video games for me, Toys R Us or the mall and asked like, hey, I want a non-violent video game. And they gave him Paperboy. And I played Paperboy, you know, back then, you know, I, I didn't know any better. Um, so I played the heck out of that game, got really good at that game, enjoyed that game. But man, that game is just a terrible game. I mean, I, it, it, it's one of the original games that came out for, you know, Nintendo and it's been released for every system. So, you know, it gets all these kudos for being, you know, different and one of the originals. But man, that was rough. But, you know, back then, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of money going, flowing around. So I played what I had and I got good at what I had and I... Saved up every penny I could until the next time I bought a new game. Okay, fast forward now. We're around 1995. I was in fifth grade. The Super Nintendo had been out for three or four years. It came out in 1992. This is a system I didn't ask for. You know, I remember walking around Toys R Us with my dad. It was shortly before uh, Christmas. And I was like, I don't know what I want. I went to the video game aisle. I maybe pointed out one or two Sega Genesis games. But... Again, Sega Genesis, I think they were ramping up for their new system, the Sega Saturn. So their Sega Genesis titles were, you know, hit and miss. I already owned quite a bit by that point. I'd owned the Genesis for three years now. And I remember I stopped by the Super Nintendo and I looked at it and I saw it came with Super Mario World and Mario All-Stars. And I kind of looked at it and I was like, huh, okay. I didn't say anything to my dad. My dad, I guess he took note though and then moved on. And then Christmas morning, 
you know, I'm I'm opening up all my gifts and I'm looking around and I'm like, you know, I didn't really get much this year. I got like a some clothes, you know, I don't know, I got a Nerf gun or something. And it was it was cool. I was fine. And then I saw this package and I was like, huh, wonder what this is. And I'm thinking, you know, it's probably gonna be a really cool board game or something like that. And I opened that thing up and I saw that Super Nintendo and oh my God, I was so excited for it. I, I mean, it's just like, I think I was so excited because it was such a surprise. I was like, what? Super Mario World, you know, all Mario All-Stars, Super Nintendo, oh my god! You know, I kind of did violate one of our rules I had in our neighborhood, though, and I got the same system as my neighbors, but eh, they didn't care. Uh, and this opened up an era of us just exchanging games, which kind of actually ended up being a good thing. You know, I got a bunch of games that they didn't have. We kind of moved it into that category, I guess. Instead of us having different systems, we just buy different games, and we did that for a while, but then, of course... You know, games like Chrono Trigger came out. And we both had to have that one. Uh, Breath of Fire was another one. Breath of Fire 1, at least. We both got that game. Other than that, uh, we pretty much had a different library. So we were constantly exchanging games. Uh, great system, obviously. One of my favorites. Uh, one thing I was thinking about, I was watching, I don't know, Angry Video Game Nerd or something about Sega Genesis versus Super Nintendo. I definitely lean toward the Genesis, even though the Super, they're both amazing systems. But they always talk about the music for both these, and I had a really good analogy for it. I feel like yeah, they're both good. You know, it just depends on your taste. Like the Super Nintendo's sound system, it'd be like a full-on orchestra. Yeah, they could do so many different types of songs and make them sound just fantastic. Now, the Sega Genesis, my analogy for that is like you got 
maybe two guys in a garage or a basement. One guy has an electric guitar. One guy has a bass. And that's what they do. prefer would you prefer that like hard you know grungy rock music or would you prefer like the the super nintendo and their ability to do just so much and you know they're both good maybe i'll try and splice some music in here now or some point to show like the differences in the audio quality of both those systems now another system i had was the well actually i didn't have my sister got the game gear uh, it came out in 1990 i don't i have no idea when we got this thing i'm guessing like 93 94 i think she just saw me playing video games and she asked my dad she wanted a video game and my dad's probably like he's not gonna share you know the boys got that so he got her a game gear i have no idea what game she had for it but i remember i after about no six months to a year just kind of like hey uh you want to go ahead and just keep that system in my room for a while, you know, and then ultimately I think she just kind of got tired of it. So boom, I now had a Game Gear and three games that I got for the Game Gear. First of all, Shining Force, uh, Sword of Hyja, I think it was called. I think we had Lemmings, which the first and only system we had Lemmings for, which, you know, was okay. and then the Avengers, which was like a, it was the arcade version, but you can only play one player at a time. It was just a terrible version. Uh, the Game Gear is probably the system I have one of the least amount of games for. You know, there are some great titles for it. There's like a bunch of Sonic games, a bunch of other cool things. But yeah, we really didn't put much money into it because there was so much else going on. Uh, now we get in kind of the next generation of systems. And I went Sega Saturn. My neighbors next door went PlayStation. Guy up the street went Nintendo 64. So I drew, some would say, the short end of the stick. I think it was a fantastic system. I got the Sega Saturn. Uh, It came out in 1995. I don't think I got it until closer to 97 or 98. I got it right before they, like, the system did not do well in North America. And so they decided to give away three games with the system. You got Daytona, Virtual Fighter, Virtual Cop. I bought it like a couple of weeks before this deal came out. So I packed up my system and I went back to Toys R Us and I'm like, I'm going to return this thing and I'm going to rebuy it so I can get those games. And like I walked in with it and the guy's like, nah, you ain't got to do that. I'll just give you this. He just gave me three games. I was like, what? Okay, sure. So I left. I had three games, um, those three games. Plus, I got Tomb Raider also. Uh, That was a game my dad got me for Christmas. It was before I knew really what the Sega Saturn had. I was, you know, 
how you find you research what just what games a system had was you'd get you know the toys r us ad and you'd look through it or you'd go to toys r us and look at the back of all the boxes there was no internet really going on at this time at least you know for the video game market yet or there probably was but i wasn't savvy enough to look through it so i got tomb raider and i also got a hockey game i remember the hockey game was like cheap it was like 20 bucks or something like that so i was like nah i'll pick that up i played it a little bit it was it wasn't that but tomb raider and that combo of those three games, Daytona, especially Daytona. I played that one a lot. Virtual Cop, I played quite a bit. Virtual Fighter, mm, not so much. You know, I wasn't big into fighting games, especially by myself. You know, My friends would come over, we'd play it. But other than that, and then hockey, not so much. Uh, next system, the Nintendo 64. This is another one. I think my sister or my dad or someone had a panic move around their birth- around her birthday, and they she got a Nintendo 64. It's me, Mario! And, you know, again, after a few weeks, few months, that system suddenly ended up in my room. She got Yoshi's Island. That was her big game. I showed her how to play it. We watch, I watched her play it for weeks, and it's, it's an okay game. You know, it's a kid's game. It's, like, impossible to die. It just gets kind of boring. Uh, two other notable games. Diddy Kong Racing, big game for that system. Uh, again, my neighbor you know, up the street. This one was not next door, up the street. He had a Nintendo 64 also. I know, sacrilegious. We both got the same system. He also, he later later on though, got a Sega Saturn. So it was okay. Uh, he had, you know, Mario Kart and GoldenEye and all the great games. I just borrowed from him. So I tried to find games he didn't have. Another game was Zelda Ocarina of Time. Ever heard of it? Uh, I have. That was the first game I ever ordered um, or pre-ordered. And I remember they called me. And they, it, it arrived early. Like the first time I think ever a game's arrived early. And I like, they called and told me that. I was like, oh, really? Oh, okay. Call my dad. Like, hey, dad, we have to go to the mall tonight. And he's just like, yeah, sure, I guess. Whatever. And we went and picked up Zelda, the Ocarina of Time. Uh, next system. I actually got a PlayStation. The original PlayStation. It came out in 1995. I got this thing in 1999. So it was on its way out. I bought it off a kid in my general science class for 20 bucks. He said it wasn't working that well. I brought it home. I had some friends that had PlayStations and they're like, here's how you make this thing work. You ready? You flip it upside down. (laughs) That's how I played this PlayStation. Upside down. Uh, Two notable games I had for it. Metal Gear Solid, which one of my favorite games. And then Tony Hawk 2, which I was never really good at that game. I just like listening to the music and messing around. I had some friends that God, they could just spend, you know, weeks on that thing. And it was, they were incredible. Uh, okay. Now we get into the, some modern systems, uh, quasi modern. I'm going to stop at this, this next level. I went dreamcast again. I'm, you know, Sega fanboy. It came out first. It looked awesome. So I went Sega dreamcast. It came out in 1999. I loved my dreamcast, but as, some of you may know the Dreamcast lifespan was very short-lived. This, you know, who do you blame? Third-party support. Sega's just kind of on their way out to begin with. They had a few misses with the Sega Saturn. The, or I blame the ability that people could just, you know, download these games, put them on a CD, then you could play them. And that's, you know, I hate to say it. That's what I did. I had a friend. He was computer savvy. He's like, what games do you want? And then I just gave, I gave him a bunch of blank uh cds and i gave him a couple of bucks and i was like just give me every game they have so i i have a pretty extensive library of burned games i've heard that those games you know will destroy your system so i have put those in the vault i'm not going to use those uh, ever again on my system 
And I've moved on from there. Two notable games. Uh, Sonic, the first game I had. I bought that one, you know, brand new. That was not a burned one. And then Code Veronica, Resident Evil Code Veronica. One of my favorite Resident Evil games. I, this game came out, I, I think it came out right around Resident Evil 3. Like there was a split point where either you went Resident Evil 3 with Jill Valentine or you went Code Veronica with Claire and ultimately Chris. I went Code Veronica and loved every second of it. Never looked back. Uh, next system I had, PlayStation 2. Not a real fun story behind this system. My dad, I got it for me for Christmas. Metal Gear 2. Uh, was the big game for it. Another thing, though, this was a, kind of why I added this in. This was a kind of the time, well, I owned this system kind of the time where I graduated high school, and, you know, within, like, a month, I had lost, like, 75% of my friends. Boom. They all just washed out, moved away to college, joined the military. They were just gone. And here I was, you know, stuck in my town, going to community college, so this is where I lean pretty heavy on video games to like kind of fill a little bit of that downtime I had while I was, you know, acquiring new friends and going to college. I was, you know, I was trying to, I, my goal at that point, like I'd realized, like I made a mistake. Like I need, I should have gone away to college. Like what was I thinking? So I put my nose to the grindstone and I went to school and I got my stuff done and I had, fr- there were some friends still around, uh, but they weren't as motivated as I was. So I saw them, you know, on weekends and stuff, but during downtime, during the week or wherever, uh, Kingdom Hearts, let me tell you that game filled a void for a while there. Um, another system that I had, I, I did get an Xbox. Xbox, My I was dating a girl, and believe it or not, a girl, and her parents got me an Xbox for my high school graduation. I couldn't believe it. Like They got me the Xbox, they got me Halo, they got me Spider-Man, Project Gotham Racing, and this NBA basketball game I think I played like once, but Bam, I, I just like, I was floored. I was like, what? For graduation? Like, I, they were pretty well-off people. So, you know, I was super happy, super excited um, to get that system. And, you know, between those PlayStation, I, I basically lean more toward the PlayStation 2 later on. But, you know, Xbox, four-player com- uh, playability. So when I went, finally did go away to college, the Xbox did come out a little bit more. And we, you know, messed around with games like... Oh God, what was it? Conflict, Desert Storm, just games we could like play all together on the same TV, um, four players. So that's, those are my systems. You know, I kind of went into, I started with the early retro stuff, went into what I call like the level up systems, the Sega Genesis, the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, next gen, Sega Saturn, 64, PlayStation, and kind of, I call them the modern systems, but they're not like the current systems. Um, what I'm going to ask people now is if you have, a fun story about, you know, acquiring a system or selling a system or a tragic story. Um, I like to put together something later on, maybe where I can like share these stories on the air. I could, you can either write it up for me and I can read it. Uh, you can tell me, yeah, I can call you and you can, I can record you doing it, or we can figure out something where I want to just kind of want to move this show and not every episode, but some episodes um, to be kind of like that, you know, black and better words like the chicken soup for the soul like this would be chicken soup for like the video gamer's soul where we'd all just talk about you know our experiences with different games all right so if you have a story please send me an email goodbuddyjames at gmail.com i'm looking for you know i don't know two to five minutes or something like that 
I might find three, four, five people, string them all together, and that'll be one of my shows I have coming up. Uh, if you have any questions or anything like that, again, email me, goodbuddyjames at gmail.com. Find me in the Discord. I'm there semi-often. I'm trying to be there more often. I'm also on Twitter at jmilholland. Uh, yeah, and that's it. And as always, keep it retro. Hello, everyone. This is Bill Gates, and I am tacking this message to the end of the Extra Life podcast to let everyone know it was us altering the final versions of his podcasts. It has become apparent to us that he is a Nintendo and Sega fanboy, and we can tolerate this no longer. Now, after listening to this most recent podcast, we would like to say that Xbox is the superior system, and all the other systems he talked about are trash. And if anyone doesn't think so, they can suck my bleep. Looking at you, Sejo, Saiten. Cujo, Steve, or any other of you dick bags in the Discord. Bill Gates out, and of course, keep it retro. Hey everybody, Blaine J here. You may notice right away that I am all alone. Uh, haven't really had time to hook up with James. I'm working a lot uh, due to, you know, Armageddon, Ragnarok, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the apocalypse is going on and it's kind of cutting into my time. Um, luckily, zombies haven't attacked my house as of yet. I am ready with a machete. Um, don't really believe in gun ownership overtly. If you use it to hunt, that's one thing. Um, Let's not get on that subject. Uh, yeah, not, not to get too political, but the world is in a terrible state right now. And as a result, I'm working more. I've got a daughter that is home all the time now and has been for some time. And she's decided that she wants to stay up when her dad is awake. So I get off work at 2, 3, 4, 5 in the morning and my daughter's awake. And it's become uh, kind of a thing. So she's always awake when I'm awake now, and I kind of have to deal with that. Uh, it's not a terrible thing. I love hanging out with my daughter, but I can't exactly record a podcast and watch her at the same time. You know, she's six years old. and not exactly uh, the type of six-year-old that you want to leave unsupervised. Uh, I fell asleep once, uh, woke up to her not being in the house, and, uh, you know, freaked out like any, I want to say, good parent would, right? So, uh, run outside, screaming her name. Uh, she is literally blocks away. Um, I hear, Dad! And then she's got, where did you go? You know, she finally gets to me after a minute or so. Oh, I, uh, mm, like, what were you doing? Uh, mm, I have no idea. You know, uh, could have gone maybe her grandma's down the block could have been trying to go to the store with maybe some of her change or something she's six she shouldn't be doing any of these things but that's my point is you can't leave <laughs> at least this child alone for any length of time um she's got a mind of her own and uh it scares me to death so uh, right now uh, is a very it's very early in the morning it's about to turn light um and uh she actually is asleep and it gave me an opportunity to record just a little bit as an update uh i didn't get to play uh the game in question we were going to be doing i believe it was castlevania portrait of ruin if i remember correctly i have played that game um long story short it's an amazing game fucking play it uh all the castlevania you know games of that nature the uh game boy advance ones circle the moon and uh, harmony of dissonance and and portrait ruin and uh, order of ecclesia and of course symphony in the night um and i haven't played bloodstained yet that was that was the other plan was maybe blaine will play some bloodstained i haven't played basically anything i've played a lot of games with my daughter you may see me online if you're friends with me if you're not i'm k-h-e 
L-V-I-N-S on PSN, you might see me there and I'll be playing uh, Goat Simulator. That's uh, the game that I've been really playing a lot, except of course it's not me. My daughter plays that. She has learned all kinds of things to unlock thanks to YouTubers like Kindly Keen, um, who is someone I never wanted to know who they were, but now I do. Um, <laughs> I, he's actually one of the better ones that she watches. It's a... Uh, it is a barren wasteland of talent. Uh, I, I'm very scared for the upcoming generation because they watch crap like that and it is just mind-numbingly dumb. But anyway, um, he told her, you know, hey, you can go to space in this and you can do this and that and everything. And uh, she gets excited and, Dad, can you figure this out? And then uh, she'll attempt it herself and tell me what I need to do. And usually I end up finishing these silly missions. So I have been playing a lot of Goat Simulator. That game is uh, way more involving than you would think it is. It is uh, completely broken, though. Uh, it's got more glitches than uh, Witcher 3 times eight uh, it's completely ridiculous and uh, in many sections completely unplayable you just have the wildest things happen and it's always hilarious but um yeah and there's it, it's a cool game man i'll give it that there's a lot of references to things uh you know you can find four homeless guys sleeping in the sewer all dressed in green uh one is donnie one is mike one is leo you get the picture um cute stuff like that a lot of you know uh stuff for mom and dad to to go oh i see what they did there kind of like if you watch shrek or whatever it's it's not just for kids pretty cool game um overall i i wouldn't pay money for it but uh or at least i wouldn't pay more than four or five bucks it was a free psn game some months ago and basically been playing it ever since uh i did play a lot of dreamcast with the kid too uh picked up another game it's uh say uh, marine fishing it's uh one of i believe three three fishing games for the uh sega dreamcast um they're all incredible uh but i'll play Pretty much the same. Very arcadey. Uh, if you have the uh, fishing rod stick that came with it, this you know predates the Wii, and it's a motion control where you can actually physically cast the thing out and uh, reel fish in and stuff. And it it it's really neat, man. Just super relaxing. If you enjoy fishing games at all, uh, the best place to play them is on the Dreamcast at home, in my opinion. Outside of you know maybe like a uh, an arcade experience, which uh, that's what these pretty much are. The Dreamcast is om almost exactly that, just an arcade emulation machine. Um, it, it does have a lot of great uh, titles in other genres as well, especially considering its incredibly short lifespan. Um, it's got some of the best fighters ever. In fact, uh, maybe my favorite fighter of all time, uh, Guru Mark of the Wolves, is on there. Um, there's Marvel vs. Capcom 2, which might be my second favorite fighting game of all time. It's got Skies of Arcadia, which is easily a top 10 or 15 uh, RPGs of all time for me. And of course, uh, it also has Grandia 2, which is... Uh, I believe it's two, yeah, which is, you know, one and two on Grandia are both just incredible games as well, and the better place to play Grandia 2 would be on the Dreamcast. Um, really something for everyone. It's got weird games like Seaman and uh, uh, Typing of the Dead and all kinds of stuff. I, I It's still relatively cheap to get into Dreamcast collecting right now. It's starting to really spike, though. Uh, four or five years ago, there wasn't a title that was worth more than $30, I think, Um Outside of maybe Skies, Skies of Arcadia has always been kind of pricey. But like, I picked up my Grandia 2 for 12 bucks, I think. I picked up um, 
Ill Bleed, which is a, it's kind of a unique, weird survival horror game. I think I may have covered it on one of the earliest episodes of one of the Halloween episodes or something. It's a, it's a fantastic little game, especially if you like uh, that campy kind of horror uh, about it. It's, it's very different. I, I won't say it's survival horror, at least not in the classical sense. Um, it, it's different. <laughs> Look up some YouTube videos on that. Uh, Stop Skeletons from Fighting uh, do an excellent re- retrospective on uh, that game. And uh, that's actually what caused me to buy it all those years ago. Um, yeah, but now, of course, the game's, you know, 50, 60 bucks. I still don't think there's a game that's worth over $100 on the cast. Um, Sky's probably comes freaking close. There might be another one, maybe like a complete Seaman with all the. Uh, promotional items and stuff but uh yeah if you're looking for something to collect that will probably be blowing up in the very near future i would say dreamcast is is uh, a great place to start of course in 64 two or three years ago would have been ideal for a lot of you uh collectors you know what the the whole thing is when you're doing this collecting thing just to go off on a little tangent about that um you really should collect uh games that were uh, somewhat niche, but super popular in the, that niche um, from about, I'd say, 10 years ago. It would be a great place to start. So, like, right now, probably your Xbox 360, your uh, Wii titles, maybe even, like, Wii U is getting, uh, not maybe not quite 10 years, but getting close. Because what happens is um, it'll be incredibly cheap because everybody dumps it and it's thought of as a worthless system around the 10-year mark five to ten years after it uh, dies but then everybody that was in their teens and early 20s that played these systems um, once they hit 30 and they start having expendable income they start buying these things up in mass and it goes crazy of course right now everything is crazy if i was a smart man i'd be selling everything i own i mean friggin ps3s are selling for over 200 dollars it's it's ridiculous. I mean, if I was real smart, I'd be selling my weights uh, because you can get like three times the amount uh, for weightlifting equipment right now. It's crazy. I'd be selling, you know, bicycles in my garage, all, all these kind of things that can't be got that are uh, recreational activities and video games being at the top of that freaking list. I'm sure most of you listening know that a Nintendo Switch right now will run you about four or $500 if you can find one. Uh, PS4 is right now uh, above its market price uh, when they uh, launched a lot of them. You know, uh, a few months ago before this happened, you could buy a uh, an Xbox One used for, and I'm not talking about the original Xbox, I'm talking about the current gen system. Um, you could buy one for about 130 bucks, which I was considering, and now that's nowhere in the ballpark. Uh, even, you know, like these little handheld systems and stuff, I was thinking about replacing my 3DS. Not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, you just can't get a hold of them. Stores can't keep them in stock. Stuff is crazy. Same to say with uh, Magic the Gathering right now. Uh, and I have took extreme advantage of that because all these uh, major vendors right now are closed. Uh, a lot of these uh, cards that are like um, EDH. I know a lot of you don't play um, Magic, but they're the most popular format is a format called Elder Dragon Highlander. And yeah, that seems pretty silly, and you know what it probably is. But uh, cards that were normally relatively cheap are skyrocketing, and a lot of my stuff that uh, I thought of as middling to crappy cards, things that were worth $10 are now worth $50, uh, things that were worth $50 are now worth 100 
etc. Uh, I've been selling off a plethora of that to local collectors and players and game shops and stuff, and uh, and that's been really great. Uh, I can't bring myself to sell off even the worst of my video game collection uh you know the the games and i'm sure i haven't even checked this stuff but i'm sure a lot of the lesser like say dreamcast titles or uh sega cd or something like that you know uh, are probably spiking crazy right now too but (sighs) magic's one thing i can sell those old cardboard pieces it doesn't i'm not attached to it the i don't know there's some collector listening to this right now that is in the same boat as me just the thought of selling any part of my collection, even the, some of the trash, you know, the stuff that I almost consider is like just garbage, uh, makes me slightly nauseous. And the thought of selling something like truly cherished to me, like, uh, the thought of selling my snatcher, you know, that I've had since I was, uh, 14 years old. Um, mm, <laughs> that ain't for me, man. I, I don't, you know, that could reach, it would have to reach, enough money to like pay off my house before I would sell something of that nature. Um, or my Panzer Dragoon saga, you know, all these things have stories behind them and, uh, yeah, sure. I could emulate all this stuff, but there's, uh, I I don't, I don't do it necessarily to play it. That's part of it. I do like playing these things on original hardware on original, like CRTs and stuff like that. But it's who, who can explain it? You know, why do, why do motherfuckers, collect stamps you know or baseball cards or whatever it is you know it it, it brings them back to a uh, a different time or whatever it is i can remember being a kid and uh and really wanting you know it was like man if i could just if i could just get a batman for the nes or whatever you know and of course that i might as well have been wishing for a million dollars you know but as a kid it seems so obtainable all your friends are getting these games and stuff i grew up very poor and at least mostly uh there was a point in time where we were uh like middling class but um there were many other times where uh you know it was a lot of ramen noodles and uh you know peanut butter and jelly and i looking back it's very easy for me to realize that uh we were barely scraping by at the time it, everything seemed normal um but yeah, I, I digress. Anyway, I was always wanting these games and could never get them. I think the entirety of my childhood, ranging from I, I got a Nintendo from my real father, who you may have heard the episode in which we discussed that uh, at the end of the episode. Uh, I got a Nintendo from him when I was, I want to say six or seven, eight, somewhere in that neighborhood. So you're talking like 86, 87, 88, something like that. Uh, really early on. Uh, but it only came with Mario Duck Hunt, and that was the game we had until the following Christmas. It was, you know, a year um, of playing Mario and Duck Hunt, and he sent another game, which was Adventure Island, and uh, I believe another year may have gone by, and the next year he didn't send a game, but my uh, stepfather, who, you know, I considered to be my dad, uh, said, well, I'll give you 50 bucks, and you get whatever you want. Well, that might as well have been a million dollars to me, man, you know. Uh, I had... <laughs> I was like, oh my god! So we, uh, he took me to KB Toys, which some of you might remember that it was a toy store that was inside most malls and stuff, and it was right by the dentist that I used to go to as a child. And uh, yeah, he brought me in there, and he said, okay, you got fifty bucks, you can get whatever you want. And of course, I beelined for the uh, video game section, and they had in a bin at this point. So this is probably I don't know, eighty eight, eighty nine, ninety, somewhere in there. Um, they had a bin that was 
games, you know, for sale for $19.99. And I remember thinking, I could get two of these games and still have $10 to get, like, you know, a Ninja Turtle or something. It was like a crazy year for me. I'd, this had never happened before. This was uh, the most money I had ever seen, you know, at this point. And I remember thinking, yeah, I should do that. But then my little kid logic kicked in, and I thought, why are they selling these for nineteen ninety nine? Because I'd picked out, dear audience, uh, Castlevania Two, Simon's Quest, and Contra, if I remember correctly, because I'd played those at friends' houses and I knew they were very good game. Um, but then I thought, you know, these must be old and not the good stuff anymore. There's probably something better than this, and um, it would be, you know, more money. That's the reason they would sell it for more money. So I got to looking in the glass case, and they had games for, uh, you know, 40 and 50 and on up. And they had one game, I think it was like $3 over, something like that, 3 4 bucks over. And I said, Dad, I think I want that game. And he, he looks at it, and he goes, all right, well, I'll get it for you, you know. And he splurged the extra money, and I got that instead of uh, getting two very known good games and fuck you castlevania 2 is a good game um it, it may have even been castlevania 1 but either way i i do think castlevania 2 is a good game just uh not translated well but uh it was bad dudes <laughs> so i got this fucking copy of bad dudes and let me tell you something man i i i own currently like 550 something like that uh nes titles and one of them ain't bad dudes i don't have that in my collection you know why uh, it's a terrible fucking game number one uh number two i played that game so much as a kid that uh just the just the music from it at this point uh sends me back to these like you know uh instances as a child uh playing through that and mario brothers and adventure island like i played those three games so much as a kid that um it, it's hard for me to play any of them. And I I realize, like, I, I have gone back and played Adventure Island and Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt. And those games are still good, despite me knowing where every, you know, hidden item in Mario is, etc. Um, to this day. Uh, it's still it's still a good game, but I cannot go back and play Bad Dudes for what It's just, it's a terrible game. And I beat the motherfucker, I don't know how many times growing up. But, there's a silver lining to this story. Uh, at some point, I realized... I could uh, trade games permanently, and I traded off Bad Dudes. And then I used to know this like long, convoluted uh, series of trades that I had made as a kid, man, where I took like Bad Dudes and I traded it for, you know, whatever it was, Gauntlet or whatever, and then on down the line. And it was something like 13, 15, 16 trades, something. And I ended up with, at the end of it, Super Mario Brothers 3 like a month after it was released. <laughs> and I do remember that last trade, and I feel bad for the kid. I, I can't even remember the kid. Matt. His name was fucking Matt. It was my next one door neighbor, Matt, and he was kind of an idiot, and he had gotten uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 when it came out, and he didn't like it that much. Um, and I had a little game that I had traded for that I really didn't like very much called uh, King's Knight. Uh, those of you that know it are probably laughing right now. It is a... Uh, 
a very strange game. It's like a shooter, except you play as these uh, four heroes. I want to say there's a, a dragon, a knight, a thief, and a wizard. And you have to play through these levels that automatically scroll. And you like shoot through these levels as these characters. And uh, you can beat their level and get these items. and Or they can die, and you just keep playing as the next character. But if you don't actually beat each level and get the items or something that are needed... Um, you won't be able to play the last level. It'll just give you a game over screen. So you have to play through and beat each level as each character. Um, you only get one life per. <coughs> and uh, then all four of them will join together for a final fifth level that you can play through. It probably kind of sounds awesome. If you haven't played it, it is the opposite of that. It is uh, very clunky. Um, you're constantly getting like caught behind rocks and stuff because it auto scrolls just a little too fast. Oftentimes you can't shoot through things fast enough. Uh, the enemies are cheap, etc. It's just it's a really bad game. And guess who made it? If I remember right, SquareSoft. Uh, this was probably the closest thing to an RPG that they had made at that point. I think they had also made the first Rad Racer um, and some other just weird titles before they started becoming known as a uh, RPG system right around, what, 1990, 91 when they released Final Fantasy. But yeah, a terrible game, and I traded it for uh, a Super Mario Brothers 3. You know, this is, gosh, when did Mario 3 come out? 92, 93, something like that. I don't, I think it was about 92, right? 91, 92, I don't know. I was in fifth fifth grade, so, oh, 90, 90 91, yeah, that'd be about right. Anyway. Sorry, I, I'm, without James here, guys, I'm just going to go off on tangents. I don't know what to say. Did I already mention that he's got two extra lives that he's uh, donated? I don't know what you want to call it to the show that I will be adding on the end of uh, this random ramblings that I'm doing. I hope you've enjoyed it. I don't even know where I'm going. I'm kind of out of my gourd right now, guys. But, um, yeah, that's what's been going on. Uh, <laughs> like I said, my life is a series of, you know, this uh, this whole into the the world thing i'm just waiting for a hero to emerge uh someone needs to wake up in their bed some teenage boy um blink awake and uh, be given a sword by his uncle or some shit because i'm getting tired of this stuff man you know I'm, I'm tired of people saying 2020 what next and then we get hit by i i, I don't even want to talk about it that's how bad it is i i just want to live in a bubble man <laughs> like uh, mm. I, and I said I've I've tried very hard not to be political on this show. Um, there there is one thing I, I will briefly touch on. Um, if you are one of these uh, guys that's one you know that doesn't support uh, the, the BLM, the Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, I, I ask you to reevaluate your stance. You know, I see a lot of people saying stuff and whereas, yeah, it's true, you know, that people will say, well, there were white slaves too, especially I, the Irish. And it's like, yeah, there, there were. Um, and then, you know, they'll say stuff like, well, all lives matter. And yeah, idiot, of course they do. But that's, that's not the problem right now is, is, you know, cops have for a long time. It's just coming to light now because everybody's got a damn HD camera in their pocket um i mean we've all kind of known it uh it's been a standing joke with comedians since as far back as you can watch black comedy 
Pryor commented on it. Dave Chappelle has a whole bit on it where, you know, he's driving around with his white friend and his white friend is doing all this crazy shit. And when they get pulled over, he says, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't know I couldn't do that. And the cop says, you know, oh, well, uh, yeah, well, you can't. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, officer. And he's like, all right, go on. You know, that's kind of essentially it. I mean, look this shit up. You'll see the same man, um effectively you know uh be arrested for the exact same crime have uh no record whatsoever one guy's serving 38 years in jail the other guy got off with a uh you know a slap on the wrist maybe a fine whatever like that in the same district uh sometimes the same cop arresting um two similar individuals and the only difference is color and it's a real problem in this country and others as well but especially here in the united states and it's got to stop and if you're one of these people that supports that or if you're one of these idiots that is still flying a rebel flag and you think that's okay uh you know i don't have many listeners you know (laughs) i like it's been dwindling over the years um i've got a nice dedicated group of people that listen to this show and i thank you and i love you all for it but if if you're one of those guys, I really don't want you listening to me. I we have nothing in common. Um, just stop. You're you're. I don't want to say you're a horrible person uh, because I just think you're misinformed and you've learned incorrectly, and you need to reevaluate how you think about things and how you see people in general. And it's it's hard to wrap your head around because. Obviously, if you think this way, um, you're 99.9%. It's because you're a white guy and your perspective uh, is completely different. You know, imagine everywhere you went, people automatically suspect you of, uh, you know, theft or they they think, you know, hey, you know, we got to watch this guy. He He might be you know, he might be trouble, you know, it's like, why would you think that of any individual based off of how they look, you know, if he comes in there and he's got a gun on his, you know, tucked in his waistband and, uh, you know, he's uh, got a scar across his eye with some stitches on it and he looks like the atypical, you know, uh, bad guy, or, you know, he's running in there with a black and white shirt with a big old sack with a money sign, uh, <laughs> you know, drawn on the fucking side. Okay, sure. Uh, th- these are things that might tip you off to the fact that he- this is a criminal individual if you see a guy walk in and he looks you know he's wearing the same outfit you would consider wearing only his skin color is different you gotta let go of these prejudices guys you know what they are they're people you're a person they're a person that's it there's no other consideration and anyway like i said i don't like getting political on here but the madness of everything that is going on and it's uh i i i mm. I didn't think I would ever uh, live through a time uh, like this. You know, that's I always, uh, you know, would read about and hear about through, um, you know, I, I grew up uh, as a kid in uh, very rural Georgia. And, um, you know, most of my friends were black because my school was predominantly black. And, uh, you know, uh, we were... Uh, even way back then, uh, instead of getting like a day off for uh, Martin Luther King's day, you know birthday, uh, we would get the week, you know, and stuff like that. And um, we were taught, you know, Black history. So it's like maybe I have a a deeper understanding than than some having been taught this at an early age. But um, 
you know, not, not to say that, you know, I can't, there's, there's no way, you know, being white, I can't truly understand what any other people goes through. I have just the uh, barest of inklings, but, um, uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. It's sorry guys. I, like I said, I am tired, uh, but I, I always wondered what it would be like, um, reading about, you know, these, these riots and, and, and things and, uh, watching, uh, films and footage and stuff of, of, uh, just, you know, the, the fifties and stuff and the movements that were going on throughout the fifties and sixties and, and just thinking that that was crazy and that we were so far better than that now, you know, and, uh, and we are in some instances, but in a lot of ways we really, we really aren't. And that there's no call for it. You know, uh, this stuff was fought for, you know, what, a century after the Civil War was won, you know, it's like the generations that believed in these sort of things should have more or less died out at that point. But no, um, we still had segregation. Uh, I mean, there's still plenty of people alive today that remember not being able to eat at a diner that uh, whites would frequent or, you know, go to the theater that whites, you know, or at least the section that the whites would sit in and stuff. It's like it boggles my mind and you think, yeah, we're past that. And, and we're just not. Um, and, and if you're one of these people, like I said, that think, um, you know, the rebel flag, uh, shows Southern pride. No, it, it doesn't. You're read a fucking book. Uh, <laughs> the civil war went on for what, five years, four or five years, I think. And, um, it's, that's literally the flag that they used to depict their, you know, um, secession from uh, the union. And it completely signifies, uh, their desire to, um, have and use slaves because that was what fueled the economy of the South. And that, that's what it symbolizes. I mean, 100%. It's a, it's every bit as racist as a, um, a swastika in my opinion. Um, and it's been given some kind of weird pass for far too long. Um, even growing up, you know, I used to watch the Dukes of Hazard. I didn't know what that con, you know, what that meant for, you know, the general Lee to, uh, to have that painted on it and indeed even be named the general Lee, which, you know, um, it, it's just mind boggling, you know, that, that stuff shouldn't have been around. Uh, because even if, even if you think it means, you know, I mean, there's, there's some people out there that don't view a, a swastika as being, a you know, representative of, uh, the Nazi party in any way, because it was used as a symbol for all number of things before they adopted it. Um, but unfortunately that's what the world thinks of it now, rightfully so. And it's very offensive. And if you wear a shirt with that shit on it, uh, you should be beat the fuck up. Um, and I don't, I don't think the Confederate flag is any different. Um, it's, it's, you think it means one thing, but if, if dozens of other people you come into contact with throughout your day, if it causes them any kind of, uh, feelings of, you know, if it causes them any kind of the feelings that are negative, um, you shouldn't wear these sort of things. You know, uh, I, again, I don't want to get political here. I am though. Uh, 
I, I have been a active uh, non-believer in all religions for some time. Uh, I don't go around wearing t-shirts that say like F-U-C-K, you know, God or Jesus or whatever like this because it'd be offensive to theists that believe in these things and I respect their beliefs any more so than uh, Christians listening to this would wear a shirt that says, you know, Muhammad's a moron or something. You know, you don't shit on other people's beliefs. If something makes any percent of the population feel bad, you don't wear it. I don't, I don't care what your feelings towards, you know, whatever it is, if, if something, especially of that nature, you know, it's one thing, like I said, if it's in a comedic, you know, it's like, okay, someone might take it the wrong way. And then if they, it's on you both to like, maybe come to Hey, you know, no, this is just meant as a joke. I don't feel this way or whatever, you know, and maybe come to a mutual understanding. Uh, but, uh, we oftentimes, uh, take things, uh, too far. Um, and that's, that's one of my, a lot of you guys listening probably don't think it's a problem. Um, because you don't see it daily like I do. I live in uh, Arkansas and literally see uh, trucks driving with rebel flags uh, once every hour at least. Uh, you see these hanging up in um, people's windows as you drive past homes in uh, residential areas and things like this. Um, how welcoming do you think that makes anyone of color feel? to uh, go through a neighborhood and maybe see a truck drive by waving these flags, see a home waving that or see it hanging from their home or, or whatever, see these uh, statues and stuff, um, reminding them that all, not all that long ago, yes, you can say, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't you, you weren't a slave. What, it doesn't matter. It wasn't that long ago. And there's a lot of people that still feel like these people should be honored, um, that that symbol should be... Uh, honored in some way and it's just it should not anyway i'm sorry to ramble about that and uh maybe maybe i should cut all that i don't know uh yeah i don't know anyway guys uh if you're still listening and sorry i'm i'm sorry to go off on tangents uh people are people uh, love each other and don't worry about you know in the dark uh, you wouldn't know the difference if you if Two people, you know, there might be some voice inflection or something like that that'll give it away. But um, say if you were to read someone's writing, um, you wouldn't know anything about them except for what they were stating on that piece of paper. And that's the way you should think about everybody. Obviously, um, you know, if someone asks you who just robbed you and you use the descriptor, hey, they were of this nationality or whatever. Okay, sure. But that shouldn't be the uh, first thing you notice about somebody and that shouldn't carry um uh any kind of negative thoughts automatically and if it does for you um you should work on that you know uh, if you automatically make assumptions based off someone uh just the way they look you know as far as uh, race is concerned you should uh, you should maybe look inward inwardly and and really evaluate that i've i've been struggling with that myself here and there throughout the years because um you know i have automatic assumptions about uh, certain races too you know uh most of them are good <laughs> so you know i see like a, a black guy and i think uh yeah he's he's probably um a lot more athletic than i am <laughs> 
and I see, you know, a Latino guy, and I think, yeah, he probably works really, really hard. Um, or like an Asian guy, I'm like, yeah, he's probably good at math. So, you know, those are good stereotypes, but they're still not things that you probably want to automatically think about someone, you know, and you certainly don't want to think the more derogatory ones that uh, we all know and uh, hopefully hate. Anyway, guys, um, I guess I guess that's end rant. Uh, sorry to have gone there. I didn't know what I was going to talk about or even if I was going to talk more than just to say, hey, James has got some stuff coming up. Um, sorry about not recording anything, but here you are. I don't know exactly how long I've been talking. Um, uh, yeah. You can uh, find me at uh, RetroKel, that's K-H-E-L. On Twitter, you can find me on Facebook at Is It Worth a Podcast. You can find James at GoodBuddyJames. Be sure to send him something um, to thank him for, you know, doing a couple of extra lives so that we have some kind of video game content. Like I said, I think I'm going to put his stuff first and uh, put another disclaimer at the beginning of this to uh, let you all know that I'm going to have, like, this huge rant at the end because you may not want to listen to this crap. Anyway, uh, thanks again. Uh, listen to our friends over at the RPG Show. They've been putting out some new content. Not as much as of lately. Again, Ragnarok's going on. It's kind of hard to fucking do shit. Just cut us all some slack. All, all the podcasts and uh, content providers right now are going through kind of the same stuff that everyone else is going through. Uh, those of us with families, it's especially difficult to find time right now to do anything. Um those of us that are, you know, uh, essential workers or whatever, uh, or working double overtime just to be able to, uh, you know, get the product out to uh, the increased demand for certain things. So, yeah, just cut us all some slack, and uh, until then, keep it retro.